You are now listening to Zakaic Podcast, proclaiming Jesus as Savior, Healer, Sanctifier, and Coming King. Please open your Bibles with me in the book of John, chapter 1, verses 19 to 34. We will continue the series that we started last Sunday entitled, Come and Know Him. Okay, last Sunday we, we realized that Jesus Christ in the way he's described in the scriptures is not just a child it's not just a babe in the manger during the first christmas who was born to save the world he was not just a a man or somebody who was willing to sacrifice himself for the sinful humanity he was not just someone who was risen back to life but he was existing in the in, in eternity past because he was described by john in three ways based on verses 1 to 5 of John chapter 1. We found out that Jesus was existing at the beginning. And then we also realized that Jesus was the agent of creation. And then last, the last description or the last snapshot that I have told you last Sunday was that Jesus was the life himself and the light of the world. Today we will continue our study in the, in the first chapter of the book of John. And we will find out more of him this evening, okay? And as we delve into the text, I am praying that the Lord would just open our hearts and our minds to his revelation for all of us tonight. So open your Bibles in the book of John, chapter 1, verses 19 to 34. The word of the Lord says, Now this was John's testimony. When the Jewish leaders sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed. He did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. So they asked him, Then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? Tell us so that we can give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John said, I am the voice of the one shouting in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. So they asked John, Why then are you baptizing if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one, who, one whom you do not recognize, who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the strap of his sandal. These things happen in Bethany across the Jordan River where John was baptizing. On the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one about whom I said, After me comes a man who is greater than I am, because he existed before me. I did not recognize him, but I came baptizing with water so that he could be revealed to Israel. Then John testified, I saw the Spirit descending like a dove from heaven, and it remained on him. And I did not recognize him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, The one who knew, on whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining, this is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. I have both seen and testified that this man is the chosen one of God. May the good Lord bless the reading of his word. 
As I was pondering about these texts, I was also imagining about our worship services here in Zikaek. And I realized that we are so privileged with many options in our services here. In terms of time, we have five options. You could either come here during 6.30 in the morning. If you are an early riser person, you can come here and join the worship at 6.30 in the morning. Or a little bit late, you could find a service at 8.30 and then another one at 10 in the morning. Or if you just slept the whole morning, you have still the afternoon or you can come here during the evening. So we have options in terms of time. Not only in the matter of time, but in, in terms, in the aspect of time that we have options in the way we have a service here in the church, but we also have options in the aspect of language or dialect. If you like to join the English worship, then you can either join 6.30 in the morning, 10 in the morning, or 6 in the evening like this right now. If you want a Visayan worship service, then you come here at 4 in the afternoon. Or in Chabacano, you can come here at 8.30 in the morning and our expert Chabacano speaker, Pastor Arnold Santiago, is often the one predicting or preaching the word during the Chabacano service. So we have options in terms of time during worship services or in the aspect of language. But not only that, we also have options in terms of mood or the kind of ambience that we have during the worship services. Because if you are a person who loves a very solemn way of worship, that you don't like to hear the sound of the percussions and you only like the sound of the keyboards or the piano and you want to sing only the hymns, you come here at 6.30 in the morning and you can have that kind of worship. But if you are more of a person who's into a contemporary music, you love pop music, you like even um, contemporary songs, then we have those other options also. We have options in terms of worship services. You know, in the way we live this life, we are confronted with many things that we decide about. And often in front of us, there are a lot of options. There are a lot of options. There are a lot of options as to what we are going to wear during Sundays. A lot of options when you go to a fast food and you would see a lot of options in front of you on the menu of the restaurant. Options. But I ask the question, while we have options in many aspects of life, do we have options in terms of availing forgiveness from God? Do we have other possible options that we can avail for us to be reconciled with the Holy God because we are sinful individuals? And I realized reading the book of, first, of John chapter 1, I realized that there is an answer to that question in relation to the descriptions of John about Jesus. So let's delve in further to the text. Because during this time, the, the, the Israelites were waiting for somebody to come and reveal God to them. Because for many years, God did not send them a prophet. There was nobody who stood and predicted the word and the will of God to his people. So the, the scholars would say that this was the silent years of God. In between the time of prophet Malachi and the first gospel in the Bible, you would see that there is a long period that became like a vacuum as far as the revelation of God is concerned. So the people of Israel didn't hear anything from God during this time. God was perceived to be silent. 
And no wonder when John came, he came out of a wilderness. And then he, he appeared so differently from nor, nor, normal person's appearance back then. When he appeared to them, he caught the attention of the people. So everyone went out and they met him and listened to his message of repentance. When that happened, the religious leaders became curious about John. I'm talking about John the Baptist. The John the Baptist character in this narrative is different from the John who wrote this gospel, okay? So there are two different Johns that we will be mentioning tonight in this discussion. But right now, John the Baptist appeared to the people and he was preaching the message of repentance and everybody went out. And the religious leaders became curious of him. That's why they confronted him and they asked the question, Who are you? We, have, we haven't heard anything about you before. You're like a new guy in town and now you're predicting God's word to us. Who are you? They were curious about him. And then they asked further a follow-up question. They said, are you the Christ? Now remember, if you go back to the earlier account of the Gospels, the angels announce it to the, the people. And then here, comes, here came the Magi from the east, went to the house of Herod, and they said, where is that king of the Jews born tonight? Oh, this time. Where is the king of the Jews, that babe in the manger? Where is he? They were looking for the Christ. And thus, when Herod found it out that there was someone who's perceived to be king of the Jews, he deceived, tried to deceive the Magi, and he told them, you go and find him and tell him when you found, found him already because I'm going to worship him too. But behind his head, he was actually thinking of killing the babe. So when the Magi realized this through the dream that God sent to them, they did not go back to him. Instead, the angel also told Joseph and Mary that Herod wanted to kill the baby, so they escaped to Egypt, and there was no more other records about Jesus Christ back then. So there, was, there, were, there were no records about Jesus after the text tells us that he was brought to Egypt. Just later, when they found out that Herod already died, and he was replaced by another hero that they brought him back to Israel. Now, the people back then, they were wondering about the Christ. The Christ was born, and they were thinking that that Christ was killed by Herod already. So there was a confusion in their minds. And here comes John the Baptist. They ask him, are you the Christ? Pero nagda-doubt sila eh, kasi di ba pinatayo ni Herod lahat ng baby two-year-old below? Malamang isa na yun dun yung sinasabi ng mga Magi na the Christ is born this time in Israel. Are you the Christ? And John the Baptist said, no, 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 I am not. And they had another, another speculation again. And he said, or if you are not the Christ, probably you are Elijah, the prophet. Because there was a prophecy already that there, was, there is going to be like a type of a prophet Elijah who's going to be raised up by God to preach his word. Are you Elijah? And John the Baptist said, no, I'm not Elijah. Or probably you're the prophet that we have in mind that we are waiting for. Are you the prophet? Are you that prophet that we're thinking about? And John the Baptist said, no, 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 I'm not that prophet that you are thinking about. And then he, they said, if, if you are not the Christ, if you are not Elijah, if you are not the prophet that we have in our mind, then who are you? Can you please tell us? Listen very carefully to the response of John the Baptist to them. John said to them, I am the voice 
I am the voice calling from the desert, declaring, prepare the way of the Lord. I am the voice. And I want us to go back what we discussed about last week because in verses 1 to 5, John, the writer, introduced Jesus as in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The Word is pertaining to Jesus Christ. Now here comes John. He was appearing before the Israelites and he was saying, I am not the Word. I am just the voice. Look at this parallel idea that is presented by the author here. I am not the Word. I am the voice calling from the desert. And this was a quotation from the writings of Isaiah. So I tried to visit where Isaiah mentioned this line because John the Baptist quoted him, applying it to himself. And I realized that when Isaiah wrote this in chapter 40, verse 3, you can check your Bible for you to verify it. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3, wherein Isaiah said something in relation to the redemption of God's children. So if what he had in mind was a freedom, a redemption out of the bondage under a foreign country, this time when it is applied to John, when Isaiah said that I am the voice coming from the desert saying prepare the way of the Lord because there is going to be a redemption, when John quoted this from the prophet, there was also an idea that a redemption is about to happen in Israel this time. I am the voice who's proclaiming about the message and this message that I am going to tell you about is going to bring about redemption in your midst. So he introduced himself as the voice. And then proceed further. If you look at verses 24 up to 34. Now there's a lot of verses in this text. We started with verse 19 in our reading and we ended in verse 34. And in this part of the narrative, there are three sections. The first section is composed of John's negation about their ideas about him. Are you the Christ? No. Are you Elijah? No. Are you the prophet? No. And then the second part after the negation, verses 19, 20, and 21, the second part is composed of two verses only. Verses 22 and 23, where John declared to them who he was. Verses 19 to 21 was John's declaration who he was not. Verses 22 and 23, John's declaration of who he really was. Okay? So verses 19 to 23 are all about John the Baptist. But you look at verses 24 up to 34, these are all descriptions about Jesus. So if you look at the length on how John, the writer, penned it down, he spent much time, he spent much word describing not John but Jesus. Meaning to say he is giving more emphasis on Jesus' account, not on John's account. How did John the Baptist pronounce about the Christ? He gave actually six descriptions. First he said, this Jesus, or this person that I'm going to introduce to you is greater than, I, than me. Actually, I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. It's an idiom. In, in, in that way, he was saying, I'm not even worthy to become his servant. I'm not even worthy to serve him. So if the people back then were perceiving John the Baptist as a prophet, how, are they, how do, should they perceive about Jesus? He must be more than a prophet. He must be someone like belonging to the category of angelic beings or someone beyond that in the level of deity. John said, he's more than or greater than me. 
And the second description that he gave about Jesus is this. He is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. The third description is found in, look at verse 30. He said, he was, Jesus was having an extraordinary existence. Why? He said, he is greater than me because he was there already even before I was born. Wait a minute. You look at Luke chapter 2. The, the account of Luke tells us that John the Baptist is older than Jesus because he was born ahead of Jesus. And here comes John the Baptist saying he's greater than me because even before I was born, he was there already. How did it happen? We'll go back to what we discussed about last Sunday, verses 1 to 5. Because Jesus was already in the beginning. Jesus Christ was already in the beginning. So he's not a small kind of God that we would say he's under the Father, he's under this. No, he's, a, he's God really. He's enormous, he's powerful. And John continued describing about him. He said, this guy is marked by the Spirit. And he's the one who's going to baptize with the Spirit. I baptize with water, but this, this person is going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. And the last description that he gave about Jesus is that he's the chosen one of God. So those six descriptions were given by John the Baptist, penned down by John the writer. Okay? But tonight, let's focus on the second description. What was the second description? He is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Let's focus on this description because I see this theme very important in the redemptive plan of God. I have seen this theme emphasized or mentioned or implied during the birth of Jesus. This theme about the Lamb of God is also mentioned when John the Baptist introduced Jesus to her for public ministry. And this theme was mentioned again in the book of Revelation. If you have your Bibles, look at Revelation chapter, I think chapter 18, verse 3, or chapter 8, verse 13. It's something like that. Something, chapter 13, I think, verse 8. You look at the text and it mentions about the lamb that was slain. So the idea of the lamb of God is covering the span of time where Jesus became the main agent of salvation. So if you think about salvation, you can never escape about the concept of the lamb of God. Okay? So let's, let's revisit the birth of Jesus. When Jesus was born, his birth was accompanied by extraordinary events. One of those extraordinary events was the appearance of angels. Okay? When Jesus was born, angels appeared, not only one angel, but a host of the heavenly armies of God. He appeared to whom? He appeared to the shepherds tending their flocks in the field during that night. Now take note. If the purpose of the angels were simply to announce. Announcing the great message to the shepherds was not a strategic way. Because if you would like to strategize about disseminating information, you better inform those individuals who are in authority because they have influence. So if you announce something and you want that information to be disseminated, you go for someone who, who has the influence. So that time, who are the most influential people? If you want to be strategic in your announcement, you may go to Caesar, the king of the Roman Empire, or you can go to Herod, the one leading the people within Judean area. You can go to these people to announce and let them do the rest of the announcements. They had the influence. 
They were supposed the people who are supposed to hear, I mean, the message if the purpose of the announcement of the angel was simply dissemination of information. But that wasn't the purpose. There was something happening why the angels chose the shepherds to be the first recipients of the announcement about the birth of Jesus. And here's, is, there is something that I realized as I studied the text. The shepherds were in the field. Many scholars, one of those is Dr. Darrell Bach. He believes a high possibility that the shepherds were there in the shepherd's field about two miles away from the main city. Two miles away. And this idea is also supported by Dr. McDonald's. He also believes that these sheep were no ordinary sheep that were taken care by the shepherds. Because according to some archaeologists, that area is not a field where ordinary sheep were, were what is this, attended to. Hindi sila nilalagay dun. They were not raised there because bawal dun. But there were sheep that were allowed to be raised in that particular place. And these sheep were temple sheep. What are these kind of sheep? Temple sheep, what are those? Meaning to say, this kind of sheep were raised for the purposes of the temple. What do they do in the temple? Do they have a feast every week? No. What happens in the temple is that it is the point in the entire earth during that time that the people of God can utilize to meet their God where they can slaughter the lamb so that the blood of the lamb can cover their sins. In other words, they use the temple through the sacrifice of the lambs to attain or obtain forgiveness before the holy God. These sheep that were there were sacrificial lambs. No wonder the angels chose to reveal themselves and the message to the shepherds because the child that was born during the time was going to be a sacrifice, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It is because of that reason that the angels chose to reveal it to the shepherds. They understood. When the angels announced a Savior is born, they had an idea already that that babe that was born during that time is going to be a sacrifice. And the sacrifice of animals will finally come to its end. Why? Because the sacrifice of the Lamb of God will be the final blow against the sin of the world. There is already the concept of the Lamb of God in the birth of Jesus. Now after that many years have passed, Jesus was raised in his 30th year of existence on earth. John the Baptist was baptizing there in the Jordan River. And then when the Spirit of God came upon Jesus, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now John mentioned something like, I didn't know him. What did he really not know him? John is directly related to Jesus by blood. They were relatives. They were close relatives. Hindi niya ba kilala si Jesus? Well, he knew Jesus as a person. Maybe he played with him several times when they were still young. 
Maybe they had a moment of conversing with each other about anything under the sun. But he didn't know that that guy he was talking to, he didn't know that that boy he was playing with was the Messiah that God has sent to live and die before humanity. He didn't know the time until the time of baptism in the Jordan River. Because God told him, a time would come while you are baptizing, somebody would come to you. And you would see the Spirit of God descending to him. And the Spirit of God will rest upon that person. And when the Spirit of God would descend and rest upon that person, that is the sign that that person where the Spirit is resting is the Messiah. And he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So until the time of baptism, John never thought that his relative was the Messiah. That's why he said here, I never knew. I never knew him. I didn't know him. I didn't know him as the Messiah. I knew him as my relative, but not as the Messiah. Sabi ng isang elder kanina sa akin, kung sa Bisaya pa daw, nung nag-meet sila, nakita niya si Jesus, Gaw, ikaw da ito? Ikaw pala yung Messiah? I never thought about it before. Because it wasn't revealed to him by God until the baptism. And John saw it, saw the Spirit, descended, rested upon Jesus, and he said, announce it to the rest of the people around them. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now let's move forward to the book of Revelation. And Revelation chapter, chapter 13 verse 8 is mentioning to us about the end times. Where there, there are two beasts that would appear to the world and will deceive many people on earth. And many would believe them, many would worship them, many would follow them. Except, except who? Except those people whose names were written in the book of life, they will never follow them because they belong to whom? They belong to the Lamb that was slain. In other words, those who follow Jesus will never follow the two beasts. Those who put their faith in Christ are held in the hands of Jesus Christ because Jesus owns them. So if you look at this idea, from the birth of Jesus, the Lamb of God concept is present. When Jesus was introduced by John for the public ministry, the Lamb of God concept was present. When you move forward to the end times in the book of Revelation, wherein the final redemption of mankind is going to be attained, the Lamb of God concept is present. What I'm trying to tell you this evening is this. You can never get away from the concept of the Lamb of God if you think about redemption. And the concept of redemption is within the context of receiving forgiveness before the Holy God. In other words, you can never receive forgiveness from the Holy God if not through the Lamb of God. There is no any other possible option. You have the option to attend what kind of service you want to join, what time of worship you want to join with Zikaik. You have the option what kind of language you want to hear and join in the kind of worship service that you will be joining. You have an option as to what kind of music you would listen to or you would sing during the praise and worship. But do you have any other possible option in terms of receiving forgiveness from God? There's none. It is only through the Lamb of God. Because in the, in the redemptive act of God, the sacrifice of the Lamb 
was the very foundation of receiving forgiveness from the Holy God. There's no other way. There is no plan B in God's plan. There is just plan A. Tayo, pag-attend ng worship, pwedeng mag-plan B. Diba? There are times that we would say, I'll attend the early morning worship service tomorrow. It's Saturday night, so you prepared your clothes, ironed everything, you're ready. You slept during the night and said, I will wake up tomorrow at 5 o'clock to prepare myself so that by around 6.20, I'll be at Zikaik already. So you had that as a plan A. But in the morning, your phone alarm, you just put it off and went back to sleep. So no attendance of church. You can have a plan B because there is another service after that. There is an 8.30 worship service. And you said, I'm still tired, so I'll just attend 10 o'clock. That could be your plan C. And you got tired again. You felt, uh, you felt lazy of rising up from the bed and said, I was so tired yesterday. You gave all the reason and said, Tulog lang muna ako. Mamaya na ako 4 o'clock. Pero pwede mag-plan D. Pwede pang plan E. May 6 p.m. pa eh. Or plan F. Gusto nyo pa? Put on ka lang ng internet. Ang daming online worship service. Pwede pa hanggang plan Z. Marami. Pwede magkaroon ng maraming options. But in relation to receiving forgiveness from God, there is no any other possible options. Forgiveness has been made available only because of the sacrifice of the Lamb of God. Someone might say, can I get it through religion? No. Religion can never bring you forgiveness. It's only through the Lamb of God. Somebody might say, Basig akong parents pas, makadalag kaluwasan ako. Mm, no. Your parents can just bring you to church, but they cannot bring you to heaven. Only through the Lamb of God that forgiveness has been made possible. So when you think about Jesus Christ, we are celebrating His birth in this Christmas season. Never forget that at his birth, the concept of the Lamb of God is present pertaining to the redemption because that points us to the sacrifice that he's about to make on the cross at Calvary. You can never get the full picture of the cradle without looking at it from the lens of the cross because forgiveness can only be made available. We can only be made at peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ who is declared to be the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Let's all be grateful that you and I are declared forgiven because of what Christ has done. No other possible option, only through the Lamb. There is no any other way also that we can pay Him or repay Him for what He did. As I often say, the only response that is appropriate for us to give to Him is thanksgiving and worship. Only that. Lord, thank you for what you have done. I cannot pay what you did to me, did for me. I cannot pay you with my, with my talents, with my skill. I can offer it to you, but I cannot, I, it cannot be a payment of what you did for me. 
I may have the money, but I cannot use that money to pay you for what you have done for me. There is nothing, but we can respond. And the appropriate response is worship. There is a word that, is deri that derives from two Hebrew statements. The word hallelujah. It came from the words hallel and Yahweh. Hallel is praise. Giving your highest praise. To whom? To Yahweh. To the God of Israel. So when you say hallelujah, you are giving to God your highest praise that you could ever imagine. That is why from time to time we would hear Christians saying hallelujah. When we hear that word, that person is actually saying the highest praise belong to God. Tonight, I would like to invite you to give your highest praise to the Lamb of God, giving your thanks to Him for allowing all of us to avail forgiveness and reconciliation with the Holy God. Why don't we all stand as the praise and worship team would lead us in uttering the very message of the song, Agnus Dei, Hallelujah, hallelujah. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain, that you and I today are called God's children, owned by God, forgiven, free, and redeemed by the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's honor Him. Let's worship Him. You just heard the message from Sambuanga City Alliance Evangelical Church. We hope that it will help you in your journey with the Lord Jesus Christ. For more updates, you can follow us on your social media platforms in Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Zikaek Ministries. God bless!